Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the games beyond Baldur's Gate. This is episode 49, and we're playing Planescape Torment. I'm Cameron, and I play the Nameless One. And I'm Danny, and I play the Nameless One. Oh golly! So what have we uh, what have we done so far in this uh, in this video game, Danny? We are a nameless one. We wake up. We don't have any memories. Turns out we are immortal. Uh, we are trying to figure out why we are immortal. What happened to our mortality? Lots of twists and turns. Um, we picked up, made some friends along the way, and turns out that a uh, a night hag. Named Ravel is the person that took our mortality, and, and we're we're trying to find Ravel to figure out what the dealio is. Mm-hmm. It's getting and it's getting we're like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it as brief, but boy, as as it goes on, just more and more details are alighted. It's there's a lot there's a lot going on in it's, this game. I at think, the point where now. I mention yeah, at the point where I have to go into well, there's a person named Farid. Then that summary is is three times longer. It's true. Uh, so last episode we went to a place called the Lower Ward, and we were going to the Lower Ward uh, to just get more information about our whole journey. And it was in the Lower Ward that we found out that uh, that Ravel is the person we need to look for. So now we are in the Clerk's Ward. I think I incorrectly said multiple times last episode cleric. that we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, is it the Clerk's Ward or the Cleric's Ward? It is the Clerk's Ward. The Clerk's Ward. Did we ever get a sense of what that... Why? Oh, there are clerks here, I guess. There are. It's the, the, there's a there's somebody who keeps track of legacies, you know, a lot of bureaucrats mm-hmm. around. But we did never get like a... Because uh, like last time we got an info dump that was about... Like this it's, is the, lower it's ward. the lower ward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We didn't really get one, or I didn't see one for this mm-hmm. one there's a lot in this in this section of the game a ton there's a ton of stuff um and you've got to do it all you do have to do <laughs> it all this is a uh for a game we've talked a lot about how there's just like a lot of additional side questy kind of stuff in this game like a lot of additional content to get to touch and see and listen to this has some of that but this you know chapter or whatever you want to call it this region all of it is hooked in together. Yeah, you and which is kind of a departure because in every other area, there is a there is a main quest in your journal. You can look at your little journal, not the journal that you lost, but like your quest journal, mm-hmm. and you can click on the main quest and be like, "Oh, you're trying to find so and so." There's a rumor there at so and place, right? Mm-hmm. You can do that. And as you do that, you're talking to 50 other people that are like, oh, I lost my Advil. I dropped it down the sewer grate. Could you run and fetch it? And then you go down to the sewer grate and you meet a rat. And the rat's like, oh, I've got it, but I'll only only give you this Advil if you can get me some Tylenol because I'm allergic. No, that's the Baldur's Gate version of the quest. This version is like, well, I'm I'm a kindly king who is transformed into a rat, and let mm-hmm. me tell you about the eighty other people that I know who are all deeply quest important. <laughs> right, and but but you you didn't have to do it. Whereas yeah. in this area, I I, I like got uh, quest hooks for maybe five or six different things, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll do these later. But I've already played for an hour and a half. Kunzelman's waiting for me to finish so we can record. Let me just mainline this story. Let me find Ravel. 
mm-hmm. and then I got to the end of the ravel rope and there was nothing there, which made me think I must have just missed something in the dialogue. I'm looking back at my quest journal, but no, it turns out in order to figure it out, you just have to do all of those what you thought were side quests. Y- yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. When when like a pro- <laughs> when a when a prostitute tells you a prostitute of intellectual pursuits tells you oh my, my the relationship i'm in isn't isn't spicy enough it, there's not enough like problems in my relationship and i'm like well there's no way this is like necessary for me to find rabble wrong incorrect incorrect uh, so so let's <laughs> uh, let's at the end of the last episode the uh the skull man the man who to who kidnapped mort whose name i do not remember sure I keep wanting to say his name is Jurgle, but that's like the the rolling skulls guy from Forgotten Realms. So mm. I'm pretty sure that's not right. But the original Lord of the Dead. But uh, but he says, "Hey, look, you might be able to find out something about Ravel by going to the Civic Fest Hall. And the Civic Fest Hall is just this big, giant, like I don't know, rich person's uh, arcade." YMCA. Yeah, yeah, kinda. It's like I, I, I don't actually know what it is for. In I the think, I think sense. the civic is a. It is, it is a. Within, this is probably one of the nicer places we've been in Sigil, mm-hmm. right? Yes, like yes. this is the highest class place. We started from the bottom, and, and now we're here, and now we're here. So the Civic Fest Hall is like a public gathering place that is used almost exclusive, almost exclusively by the denizens of the the clerk's ward which are all like middle management and up yeah i guess it's like a community center yeah it's a community center mm-hmm. um and so yeah you go, you we, we can now go to the clerk's ward so you go to the clerk's ward and there are a few i'm gonna before we like get into it i'm gonna like just give a lay of the land so you, you know what what's going on here to the to the far east, you got a civics fest hall. Right in the middle, there's a, a brothel of slating intellectual lusts. To the south of that is an advocate's home, and those are like the three big locations that we're going to mm-hmm. be hitting in, in mm-hmm. the next little bit. Oh, I thought you were doing additional additional content. There's also like the curiosity shop. Yes, that is correct. There's a curiosity shop. There is a art gallery that I did not mm-hmm. go to. The art. Ga- I also didn't go to the art gallery just because there was kind of a lot of content for this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the art gallery is quite cool. There's there's some cool side questy stuff in there, but it is truly side questy stuff. Uh, so yeah. we're not going to be talking about it. Maybe later in the series we'll come back and do this. There's a um, linguist's home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the three big ones are Civic Fest Hall, Advocates Home, and the and the brothel of slating intellectual lust. So. Um, we both did this in different orders. Like, you went to the brothel first. I went to the Civic Fest Hall first. Some people very well could just go to the Advocate's Home first, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's there, there are a lot of... I did uh, most of the brothel quests um, all in a line before... Before we did what we're actually going to talk about first, I think I think the way before we recorded, we were kind of talking about like what is the the more um, linear route through this whole thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of following the breadcrumbs. And uh, so, so let's talk about the Civic Fest Hall first. So the the first character that you see when you get into the Civic Fest Hall is this dude named Splinter. It is a rat. It is a large rat. 
that is the most disappointing thing, is he's mm-hmm. not a large rat. I know. In a game full of big rats. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be, but... Um, but yeah, so he's the doorman, and he has been the doorman. This is awesome. Did you did you get his backstory? I did. Go ahead and tell it. It is amazing. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he's like he's uh, very proper. You know, he's very helpful. You can ask him a million questions, and he, he gives you as much information as he knows. But he says, uh, "I'm the doorman, and I'm also the priest king of the city of Ur." <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, really? Well, what's all, what's all about? What's this priest king thing going on, Splinter? And he's like, well, you know, I was a very powerful ruler, um, but then I thought maybe I need to learn how to be humble. Maybe mm. I need to learn a little bit about what the common person's experience of the world is. And so he found out about Sigil, the city of doors, the cage, as it were, all of these different uh, ideas. And he said, all right, I'm going to go there. And so he has come to Sigil. He's been a doorman for a hundred years. And he tells you, and he says that because of the way that time passes in Sigil versus the way it passes everywhere else, it's only been like, I think he says a month or something like that on his home plane. Mm. And so he says, I, I left my, uh, the, the queen uh, in charge and I've come here and I'm going to do it for maybe another, I think he says another decade or something. Mm. And then I'll go home. And I'll know what people what a decade, the common person's experience a decade was. back a decade like here in Sigil or a decade back in back from where he's from back I- here in Sigil. So oh, okay. another ten years here in Sigil, and then he'll go back. And okay, so he's already done a hundred. He's like in the home stretch here. Yes, exactly. And it was all purely by his own volition, which I think is yeah. is interesting. He's not cursed or something. Um, but yeah, but but yeah. Uh, if you ask him about Ravel, he says, "Look, there's one person here." Who knows about Ravel, and his name is Quell. Now, I do think that uh, this is tying into current events a little bit, but I do think that uh, President Stein's proclamation that before you serve any time as a governor, you must spend at least six months serving as a Walmart greeter. I think yeah. that that's a wise policy, and I think Splinter's on to something. Yeah, I think that... Uh, the, I mean, the whole point, I think, of the Stein administration's move here is to increase humbleness, to recognize that you're one of the people, to understand that everyone is exactly the same, and that everyone is entitled to being introduced to great deals. And, yes. Uh, I mean, if you're a priest king, I get that. Makes sense to me. So, Totes. So... Yep. Before we meet Quell, there's like a few people like uh, like wandering around in the Civic Fest Hall. You want to talk about those folks a little bit? Like, I You talked to more of these people than I did. Well, before I, on my way to the Civic Fest Hall, there was a messenger that was like, hey, there's somebody at the Civic Fest Hall that wants to see you. And at first I thought, oh, maybe it's the person with the, with the down low on Ravel, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. it's not. It's just this this rich woman named Jolmi, and she's like, yeah, I hear that you can't die. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And she's like, can I kill you? Like, I want to, I'll give you, I will give you a thousand copper just to kill you right now. Hmm. And I said, that's okay. Sure. So she did. Well, did she give you the money? Yeah. And then she was, she was like, afterwards, she was a little disappointed. Oh, really? It didn't feel good? Yeah, I was like, uh, that wasn't not what I was expecting. Well, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Did you meet uh, uh, Jumble Murder Sense? I did meet Jumble Murder Sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is like an, an ex-wizard extraordinaire. 
something like all of those uh, like his he presents you with a business card and then it says like exquisite extraordinary wizard or something and everything begins with the letter x and then he eats the business card yes Um, he he like he slide of hands it away from you and then is eating it well i so a lot of things i'm gonna say this here i'm gonna say this again in just a minute a lot of the things in the clerk's ward feel like they are a dm trying a little bit too hard Mm. like just a, a little bit too much content being given to you yeah I, it's it's all very high concept so jumble murder sense is like whole pitch is like he's a dastardly crazy guy who uh will curse you basically he's, a, you he's the off. curse meister he's the curse meister and he curses you and he gives you eternal hiccups and uh the hiccups would be fine if they were just like visual or something, or even like had a, a different kind of audio effect. But the audio effect that happens when you hiccup is like the pain getting hit noise. It's like, ugh, ugh. and you actually get ah. staggered. So if you're if you're walking, you have to like stop. Mm. So it could oh, so- actually like inhibit your ability to escape. Yeah. So the very so Jumble Murder Sense does this to me. And he does it to me after I say, "Hey, you're the one." That cursed Requin, you should not, you don't do that. Oh, undo it. Undo really? the undo the Requin curse. And Murder Sense is like, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. And then I have a choice between bluffing and saying I'll beat him up if he doesn't, mm-hmm. or telling the truth and saying I'll beat you up if mm-hmm. you don't. I chose bluff. I'll beat you up. And I also, the first time I said, no, I'm going to hurt you, truth. And mm-hmm. he curses me. And I say, you need to undo this curse now. To which he says nothing. And there's an option to, like, beg. And I don't beg. And I attack him. And I kill him. And then I find out there's no way to undo this curse if I kill him. Yeah. So I reload. Yeah. So I, I, I do the same thing. A little bit of Balthazar comes out. And I say, not on my watch, Buster. You're not cursing me and not, not removing it. And yeah, I murdered him straight up. No one else around cared. This does not make anyone else hostile. No one cared. And then I played for another probably five minutes. <laughs> and then I like I was like, fine, I'll just... I kind of went around and talked to people and stuff. I went and talked to Salabesh the Onyx, who's also like a curse master. Yeah, he's like standing, standing out right outside. outside. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to get him to get rid of that. And then like <laughs> the, the, the wheels in my head started whirring. And I was like, but I've killed him. And then I yeah, googled it. And then at that point, I actually went south of Salabesh, and then like five Harmonium Guards attacked me. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. It was less the Harmonium Guards and more the fact that I it seemed I could never get rid of it. So I uh, I reloaded my save as well. Breaching just... the social contract, not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, hic- hiccups forever, that bad. That's awful. And so, yeah, <laughs> I reloaded and just never talked to him again. Um, I did some other stuff. I, I listened to a lecture about the Blood War. There are three different lectures you can listen to. Uh, oh, I whoa. You, so you... So what? I reloaded and talked to him again. Oh, I did not. Murder sense. I did not. Yeah. I just avoided I, it completely. I talked to him again, and he curses me. And then I go talk to Salabash the Onyx, and Salabash the Onyx is like... I'm the real curse meister. You want to know how I got my name? I used to be Salabash the Golden because I was a nice guy, but then I cursed somebody so that they shit out their mouth and talk out their butt. <laughs> and, uh, no, you know what? I, I had that conversation <laughs> with him, not in that context, <laughs> but I did have the conversation with him about like 
him mean Salabash the Golden or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, but I, I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. I don't um, do that. And then I say, well, can you undo this curse? He's like, no, nah, I can't undo the curse. And I was like, well, could you teach me a curse so that I could mm. curse Jumble Murder Sense? And, and so that, like, I can, you know, basically use blackmail to get rid of my curse. Mm-hmm. So he taught me a curse to silence Jumble Murder Sense forever so he could no longer curse anybody. Really? And then after that, I told Jumble, okay, you're going to need to undo my curse and Requin's curse if you want to be able to speak again. And so did it you, worked out. Did you uh, re- actually remove his queer curse at the end? I did. Oh, well, uh, that's probably a bad thing. It he probably bad. is. He is. He is like a bad person. Yeah, but you can listen to a bunch of lectures here in a bunch of different places. Uh, I listened to a lecture on the Blood War by like a dude. And he's like, was he, he like a you, dwarf? Was or just uh, he just had an accent? I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if he was a dwarf or not. Uh, but he had like a yeah, the kind of Scottish mm-hmm. uh, accenty kind of thing going on. And uh, yeah, it's from like a human perspective. He's just trying to tell people what the Blood War is all about, like no more, no less. And uh, when he says that it's like going to be an unbiased perspective. You get like a little note that's like you can hear a large figure stand up and walk out of the room behind you, <laughs> meaning that there's like a demon who's like, mm-hmm. "How how dare you not this say horse the demons are right? What yeah, a, this, whatever, yeah, exactly." And and that demon was a marine, mm. and that Scottish man was Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool, and those lectures are very long, um, very and- long. I listened to the whole damn thing. Yeah, and you, when you listen to this lecture, you can kind of get these little memories, um, like of your own time out in the the gray wastes and in uh, kind of involved in the blood war a little bit. We'll talk about that again uh, a little bit later. But uh, yeah, you you have a sense of a little bit of your first meeting with Ravel. I mean that it, it becomes a lot more explicit later on. But yeah, but yeah. Um, once again. The nameless one has been everywhere. The mm-hmm. nameless one is like behind everything, basically, in this city. Uh, we're gonna we're about to get it full stop into that. When you finally get to Quell, this is the rudest man ever. Th- this is partially what I was saying to you about like a DM that's trying like a little too hard. Mm-hmm. You have to go through so many pages of dialogue. Of Quell just being like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to tell you. You got to play my weird little dialogue game. I'm not going to tell you nothing. I'm rude. That's me. And I can just imagine like seething with anger at a tabletop table while a DM is like, you got to ask me the exact right question. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep eating these candy candy beans. I've seen you do. I've seen you seethe before. Mm -hmm. And in that circumstance, you literally threw a pair of oars into an underground river and just crossed your arms in game and said, well, I guess we're going down the waterfall. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't like to be railroaded. (laughs) I want to play my game. Mm hmm. Not your game. Um, so we have to go to buy him candy because at the very end of his dialogue game, he's like, oh, but I really would like some candy. Yeah. So he's like eating. He's eating all kinds of weird candies. <laughs> he did, The first candy he pops in his mouth, like, sp- like as it's in his mouth, sprouts wings and flies out. It's like no, a little I, demon or something. No, I think it's, it's a black fly flies out of his mouth. Oh, that's I, right. I think it's just like a big fly egg, which is mm-hmm. even worse somehow. But yeah, so what's your candy you went and got him? It was like a 
wasn't like a method chocolate. Mm-hmm. I think it was a closet. Closet chocolate. It's like a there little homunculus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to go to the Had- Curiosity Shop, which is basically just like the Adventurer's Mart from Baldur's Gate 2. It's basically the MacGuffin Mart. <laughs> it really is. Which uh, I think, uh, which actually welcome addition to like, there should, in every. I think it would be, imagine Skyrim, but every time you're sent on a fetch quest, you could just go to the capital and go to the MacGuffin Mart and, and like, opt out of, like, the the arduous process of retrieving it and just spend money to get it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a very good idea. Don't delete this. We're 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 making a game with this. I'm, I'm not I'm not deleting it. Delete delete this. Somebody's gonna copy me. That's copywritten. I'm 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 applying for it now. Well, listen, can I, can I listen? Like, I'm, that's me typing. I well, oh yeah, he's doing it. I can see it. Uh, but here's the thing: uh, Pillars of Eternity Two actually does this. Does it basically really? Pillars of Eternity Two? in a lot of instances, gives you the ability to just pay your way out of every quest situation. Is that good? Does it feel good? I, people have complained about it, but it seems like a good idea to me. <laughs> if there's just a quest you don't want to do... That, mm-hmm, that you just like, want to see the other side of? Yeah, just just let me go do a bunch of other stuff and come and pay for it. It seems mm-hmm. okay to me. Yeah. It's basically just turning, like, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it's really just turning money into... Uh, quest experience and narrative that's it yeah which seems fair to me i you know maybe not in every instance but i don't know i think it should be in every instance i think you should get to the end game and be able to just buy the villain out (laughs) like if you've done enough side quests to come up with five million gold why not you've spent your like you have invested the time necessary to beat the game (laughs) like like diablo spawns in you're like listen I don't want to have to do this. Listen, I have I've I've been grinding on level one of the catacombs for the last forty hours. I just went I'm like let's do, let's let, let's cut a deal here. Let's make a deal. That's great. I think uh that's good. We need to make more games like that. Um, so you get that candy and you give it to him and he eats it and he goes, oh, it's delicious. He like bites the head off. And he puts the rest in his pocket, <laughs> and then he gives you an info dump. Mm-hmm. What, what does he say? I'm like, hey, I want to see Ravel. And he's like, well, are you sure you want to see Ravel? And you have to do this, that dialogue combination seven times. And eventually she's like, oh, it looks like you really do want to see Ravel. Um, you get a lot of information about Ravel at various different places. Ravel's just the worst person ever. Pure evil. Done a lot of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that Ravel, and we know from previously, Ravel got locked up because she, like, tried to unleash the cage, tried to basically break Sigil. Lady of Pain mazed her. And you need a, uh, and you you basically, in order to find Ravel, you need a, uh, you need a key, you need a portal, and you need a way to actuate that key. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's the info you have. And I'm like, well, what, what, what is the key, Quell? And Quell's like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe a piece of Ravel. Maybe that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And then you need a portal. Yeah. And, Which and I don't get any more information about the portal from Quell. Exactly. We're we're gonna talk about. I, I forget how. Mm-hmm. We, okay. Okay. We we have uh, ordered it in such a way to talk about that first. But I yeah, I will say this. I would love for someone, please in the comments, please uh, on the Discord, it, you know, any of this, on the Reddit you know, uh, uh, diligent listeners, 
Someone please explain to me how we are supposed to know that we where to find a portal. Because I have no idea. I don't know. I my only the only idea I have, which I mentioned this at the at the beginning of the of the show. I think you the game just expects you to do every side quest here until you do the side quest with the dodecahedron we're about to find we're about to talk about and eventually get there. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about the Dodecahedron. So on the other side of the Civic Fest Hall, like, because it, it's a big building, there's a lot of rooms, there's like a little... Uh, there's a hostel at the, well, at the end. Well, there is, but it's also like a different zone inside of that. You know, Correct. It's not in the thing. So you, you have to know to go all the way over to the side and go into this like a hostel inn kind of thing. And you can talk to the person, uh, the innkeeper, and she's like, oh, hey, it's you, or something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? And she's like, yeah, you you have a room here. It's mm-hmm. like yours. Like, you built it. And I'm like, okay. And so she gives me a key, and you can go into it. Um, and it's like a big suite. It's bigger than the other rooms. Very um, large. And it's got uh, some bookshelves. It's got like an alchemy thingy. Um, it's got a big, like a, a, a very big and robust bed. And it has a uh, uh, locked cabinet. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, did you check like all the inventory stuff? Like it's stocked full of like you were using this as like a home base of operations when you're yeah. You've lives. got all the charms. You got a bunch of scrolls. Mm-hmm. There's like eight hundred gold behind the bed. Mm-hmm. I um, like that. I like that a lot. That this is like this is the stash that you have set up for you. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the big thing is if you lock what, what I did was lock pick. The mm-hmm. uh, the locked door. I had to same and Anna do that. I am a thief. I have uh, open doors. Yeah, mm. like lockpick or whatever. I have it at one hundred. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's good. Yep. So I did that, and I find uh, some cool stuff and a dodecahedron. Yeah, but so so yeah. Just to give the steps here, you need to know to go to this inn. You need to talk to the person about this. You owning uh, uh, a room here, you need to open a locked cabinet, and then you have to find this dodecahedron. Yes. I cannot imagine this is the only breadcrumb to the portal. But it's the only one I found. Yeah, because there's so much that is... There's so much after this that is utterly dependent on finding this object and interacting with it. Yeah, I don't know the other way of doing this quest, but... But in any case, so it's a dodecahedron, and it's kind of like a puzzle box, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way it's described. Yeah. Which you can get those on the internet for real. A dodecahedron that opens out into, like, a different shape? No, they're, they're like, uh, they're professional puzzle makers mm-hmm. that make um, boxes that only open if you do certain things. And some of them are, like, very sophisticated, like, oh, you have to apply heat to a side because there's, like, a heat sensor. Hmm under the side or like oh it like it gives you a little riddle and it's like oh it requires a magnet and i'll have to like find a magnet to put on one side to do the next side hmm kind of a lament configuration style hellraiser scenario yes hellraiser is the exact thing that we're talking Uh about but yeah so so yeah so you can you can pick up the dodecahedron put it in your inventory and use it and you like the nameless one opens it up and i really like it because it's like it's describing everything, like, not as you do it, but right after you have done it. Yeah. And so it's, like, the immediate past, so it's, like, uh, after you 
maneuver the poison dart trap. And, you know, after you get rid of the, the poisonous gas secretor or whatever. Um, so it's just like walking you through the steps of this, this little ten-sided, you know, I don't know, hand-sized object that's full of murder and traps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. No, and, yeah. and it does hurt you. Like, the poison gas, like, my, my hit points were reduced. Oh, wait, you got hit by the poison gas? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. I, I, so I thought that, oh, this is really interesting. I thought the entirety of this thing was like. Was your, like, was like uh, flashbacks? No, not that it was flashbacks, but just that it was like, it, it was a freebie. Like, I didn't realize that skill checks were happening here. I don't know that skill checks were happening. I just know that um, there were there were descriptions of, like, as you cough, getting getting over the, the gas, you continue. And at the end, I, had, I only had, like, 13 hit points left, and I started at full because I had just rested. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think there are skill checks because I got through it with nothing bad happening to me. Hmm. Yeah. I got through it fully succeeded. It could be that I'm a thief and that I've pumped a bunch of skill points into dexterity. Mm. Or ability points into dexterity. Oh. That's interesting. That is. That's good. That That's a good difference of play experience. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's rough. But yeah, so you do all this work and you open this this thing and... And then it's just like, oh, yeah, this is full of a language that you cannot read. Hmm. Well, time to give up. Yep, time to time to do it. So what did you what did you do after that? Uh, I think I asked somebody about, hey, I think I asked Splinter, actually. Hey, you know anybody that knows languages? And he actually, uh, he suggests this person, um whose house whose ling he's a linguist and his house is conveniently labeled on the uh on the map and so i uh i go talk to this fellow and i guess we have to like kind of finish describing what this quest is like here right yeah i think so so you Gosh, so you... i go over to the linguist's house and i talk to him and he's like oh yeah i'm looking at it that looks like a dead language the only person that really knew knew that was my father who was also a linguist but he was murdered um and we and that was really bad and i'm like oh where is he buried and he's like well actually he's in this urn um why does it matter and i'm like oh no reason so then i just like creep over and speak with the dead um with the urn because i learned that uh in the city of the undead from that uh from that uh zombie lady and uh and i ask the uh i ask the the ghost of this fellow's father hey you recognize this language He's like actually i do let me let me like telepath some ideas and symbols into your brain zoom 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 that's what it's like to learn a language mm -hmm. and then you're like oh well thanks and also, based on what you just told me and, and our mind, our like Vulcan mind meld we just have, I'm probably the person that killed you. I'm, I'm definitely that guy. That is So I did it a completely different way. I don't have the ability to speak with the dead. You don't have the ability to speak with the dead? I did not learn it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. So the alternate way is uh, he was like, listen, my father left some notes behind when he died. And uh, and I was like, well, can I have them? He was like, well, you know what? I left my journal in the brothel of slating intellectual lusts. And, uh, 
you know, if you could go get that for me, that would be swell. So I go and get it. It's like I, you know, I have to go to every room. The 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 brothel is set up kind of in this like wheel and spokes model. So I gotta go to every room. And oh, I gotta you started through. on the right, didn't you? You yeah, started I did. right and you went counterclockwise. I did. Mm. I did. Mm. When it is in, in fact, the first room on the <laughs> left, which is such a bummer. Um, so yeah, so I go, I get the journal, I bring it back. He gives me the notes, and then the notes make it very easy to, you know, I I look at the notes and I learn the language, or it reactivates my memory of the language, and then you can read the dodecahedron, which is just basically full of like the same kind of like scattered, paranoid rambling, some real unabomber stuff. <laughs> Well, I just think it's like, you know, generic paranoid rambling, you know. Um, yeah. He's there's exactly. no back to nature. There's no <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, anger at the federal government, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, there's some it's it's some uh uh there's a lot of of unhappiness in those. In and in the notebook, do you do you see the, did you see that uh part about um killing the the language guy yes i did yeah, yeah. so the mm-hmm. the notebook or the dodecahedron explicitly says <laughs> like a past you sat down was like i killed the only other person that knows this language today mm-hmm. um which is good but yeah i think that the kind of paranoid rambling um version of you is the same one that set up the tomb that we were in way earlier in the game yes it's very similar kind of tone or at least we were a very different person back then I think we've been, I think that's kind of the pitch, right? We've been every kind of person, Mm -hmm. Um, which is good or good and bad in some ways that that we'll learn in just a minute. But, um, but the dodecahedron tells you uh, that you have created or left behind a legacy, which is just a will basically Mm -hmm. with a lawyer and you get the, it's like an, it's like BB 88 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, two, 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 one. And so then you got to go to the advocate's home because the advocate is a lawyer. Yes. Right. So tell me, tell me about Ianis the advocate. Yeah. So I go to the advocate's home because I saw in my, um, you know what? I actually went to the advocate's home earlier. Hmm. Because in the room where Quell is, did you touch the orbs? In the room where Quell is, I don't think. Oh, I I'm about to blow your mind. I know what they are, but but yeah. go ahead, give it to so, me. So Civic Fest Hall, back when I first talked to Quell, I first talked to Quell, and I was like, I'm not getting you candy. That was my first reaction. I'm like, I'm gonna search around in this room, mm-hmm. and I go to an orb, and it's and it's like called Longing. And we, and you, and like, let's back up for a second. These are the sensates. This is just a this is a a group of people that are dedicated to experiencing everything that there is to experience in the multiverse. Yeah. And what they do is they capture experiences and emotions and put them in these stones so that you can touch them and experience them, a la like the giver or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went over to touch one, and it was labeled longing. And I uh, and I touch it, and I am my perspective is Dianara, the ghost that we met in the very first episode of Planescape Torment, like the oh, ghost no. that was potentially my lover. Yes, not potentially. I don't think. I think explicitly. Yeah, that, that at the time it was like, ooh, I think we were we were in a romantic relationship. Well, anyway, the perspective of this memory is her, 
and she is in a conversation with me as I am preparing to leave. Hmm. And she is like pining after me. Um, and it's in that conversation that she's like, I left you a legacy. Oh, what? Yeah, she's like, and, and, she, and she says, look, I know I'm going to die, but I want you to know I left you a legacy. The code is KS33 or whatever. And okay. that's when I go to the advocate's home before I even have the dodecahedron. And I'm like, yeah, could I see um, there's a legacy KS33? And he's like, are you, are you serious? That's my daughter's legacy. Oh. And I'm like, mm. and there's an option where I can say, this is a private legal matter, sir. <laughs> this is a private legal. Could I, could I please have that legacy? And he's like very dutifully, all right. Can I please speak to your manager? I could feel I? like you're really putting yourself in here, Ionis. <laughs> so it's, a, it's like there's just some like gear, like magical gear that I haven't identified yet. And a note that's like, oh, I, I love you so much and, um, and et cetera. And I have the option to tell Ionis. Yeah, this was, I think that I, I have a memory. I've lost a lot of my memories, but I think your daughter and I were involved, and, and I can show him the note and be like, oh, she, he, she really loved you, but I think she died because of you. And, and I'm like, yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, almost certainly. Oof. So that was, I'm, I'm, it's important that I say at least two of the other orbs, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Another orb, I am in the memory of some woman that has had that has been like dismembered she's been like quartered and she's missing an eye okay and when i open my one eye it's ravel there uh-huh and ravel is talking to the nameless one to me through this person oh and it's like you need to come find me buddy you need to find the key you need to find you need to find the damn the damn portal Come and come and find me, bro. And I'm like, wait, how? This is somebody else's memory. How are you talking to me through this? And she's like, don't think about it too hard, buddy. Just come find me. <laughs> don't the, just don't just let the writing go. The third the third orb I go and it's like, oh, it's a it's a hunting expedition to the Aurora Valley. And I go in there and it's me in there, and it's me being like. <laughs> A past self me saying, I've trapped you here. This ain't a hunting expedition. It's just me and you forever now. And then I say, hey, what's the deal with your tattoos? Because my past version, the tattoos are easier to see because I'm not as scarred. Mm -hmm. And the past version of myself is like, don't read my tattoos. Stop. <laughs> Stop reading my tattoos. And I say, I'm just going to keep reading them till you let me go. Then, and, yeah, then, and then, then he lets me go. Then whose memory were you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Weird. I, it, none of it. Yeah. Which, like, feeds into our observation of, like, everything in this game is just about you. <laughs> Every It really is. This is a very inward-facing video game. Yeah, uh, so, but anyway, yeah, after okay. you get the dodecahedron, you can recall another legacy, like a different code. Oh, Which yes. is a legacy that we're talking about that, like, forwards the plot. Yeah, and so that legacy is from you mm -hmm. to you, <laughs> and the legacy is a receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, let's talk really quickly too. So, so, Ianis asked me like if I could figure out how Dianara died, and I vowed to him. Or no, I told him I would try. I didn't vow. It gives you the option to vow, and I told mm -hmm. him I would try. What did What did you do with that? 
Um, well, my vows were different because I told him, oh, yeah, there's a memory of your your daughter's oh. like memory is stored over in the uh, over in the Civic Fest Hall. The Sensates have it. And he's like, well, can I go see it? Well, it's kind of members only. And I became a member to go to go over there and look. So mm-hmm. but I'll put in a good word for you. And I did. And then I told him that it was available. Oh, that's right. So to do any of this, you have to become a member of the Sensates. Yeah. And you have to give them a memory that no one else has. I, and I think it's a default memory you give them. The one yeah, of the, like waking, waking up, up at the mortuary. Yeah. 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 Um, which is pretty fun. I thought that was a good one. But anyway, so he gives you a receipt and uh, he tells you it's a receipt to the godsmen. If you remember what we talked about last episode that we thought yeah, we could quest. Yeah, we couldn't access their thing. They kept asking for paperwork. I didn't have paperwork. This is the paperwork. Yeah, and I imagine there's some kind of questy stuff that goes there. There's like a whole family you can talk to in the Godsman compound. Uh, they're like working on a super secret project that you can kind of pry about. But I didn't do any of this stuff, and and uh, hopefully we can go back and do it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you go in, and you, you get it, and it is like a portable portal. Mm-hmm. Is the idea. It's like the thing that they made you. And even better, it's an item that is not identified. So you cannot use it until you go somewhere that can identify this object. Yes. Which is just some real... That's a real simulation mm-hmm. of the experience. Oh, golly. Okay. Um, this, this, I think this episode's going to be probably 15 minutes longer than most episodes. It might be. But look, we had to do all this, so you're going to have to endure it too. Yeah, um, this is just there's just a lot of stuff going on. So, so that, at half. some point, yeah, at some point, I was breadcrumbed to go to the brothel of slating intellectual lust. Oh, it was that the the breadcrumb to go there was from the linguist saying, "Oh, my my notebook is lost." So, yeah. what is the brothel of slating intellectual yeah, lust? Yeah, there, and there are a few people that you talk to too, where if you ask them about Ravel, they send you to Fall from Grace. Mm-hmm. And some people even send you to, I forget what her name is, but there's a collector of stories who yeah. uh, works in the brothel. And uh, more than one person sent me to her as well. So there's a little bit of breadcrumbing. The brothel of slating intellectual lusts is a establishment that is was founded and is owned by, I guess, a succubus named Fall from Grace. Mm-hmm. And you can have a very long conversation with her. She's very cool. You can have a long conversation with her where you, you're like, why did you come to Sigil and create a brothel rather than, say, fighting in the Blood War or just hanging out in um, uh, what the Abyss is where she's over? The Nine Hells. Rather than hanging out in the Nine Hells or any of that. And she's like, listen, my compatriots, other, other succubi, they have uh, limited, I think she says something to do with the fact of, like, limited imaginations mm-hmm. as to what they can do. Like, what a succubus wants to do is, uh, like, deliver pleasure in trade for something. There's, a, there's, like, kind of psychic energy transfer kind of stuff mm-hmm. going on. And so she says, well, I want to create a brothel that is that is about something else other than having sex which is an interesting question it is still and it's still treated in the game as like some or in the game's fiction i guess as some kind of sex work like there's still an emotional 
It, it, it is eros of like I would say eros of some kind. Like well, this I, kind I, of. I mean, I'm even I'm more interested in like the kind of specifics of it too, right? In some ways, it is sex work without the sex, and which is a lot of actual real world sex work, right? The the mm-hmm. emotional work involved in sex work is you know half, if not more than half, of the job. I think, mm-hmm. um, given you know the the way that sex workers talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's just a fascinating thing where the game is doing this fantasy trope, right? This or this kind of more grim and gritty fantasy trope, but it is turning it in such a way as to, I think, do something really interesting with it. Um, mm-hmm. So everyone here, all of the people who work in the brothel are invested in, exactly, intellectual lusts in some different type of doing it. So one NPC who I, whose name I did not write down, uh, or I don't have it in the sheet here, but she's really cool because she is, uh, it, it, she's called like Keeper of Tales or, or yeah. Pursuer Seeker, of Tales. Per- Seeker. Seeker of Tales, yeah. yeah. Um, and so she will tell you stories. And I, in fact, learn a, a lot about Ravel from her, um, but only in trade for giving her stories. Yes. And all of your NPCs can give her stories. And so you can do like, it seemed like several of these things, like a whole, whole lot. I think I did four. Uh, all told, Dakan uh, uh, um, traded a story with her that mm-hmm. was about uh, a gith who was in limbo and was trying to. I don't. It, it, basically, she was like building a house out of mm-hmm. the you know out of the nothing, as as the gith do in limbo. Yeah, and she lost concentration somehow, and she ended up drowning in it. Uh, because she was like pursuing something else, and the seeker of tales replies with another version of that story. Yes, that's the best. She's like, "Oh, I know that story, but here's the different." And her version has like a slod, which is like mm-hmm. a demon who's like it's very like a I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down situation. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, and yeah, I think the her, her version of the story is that the slod is at the door and it's trying to break down the door. And the gith is so focused on keeping the door strong that she forgets to do the interior of the house and she falls through and drowns in limbo, mm. um, which is a kind of a turn on the story. So I didn't do everyone else's version of that, but you can give her, I traded her a story of my own life. Um, I traded her the story of the nameless king. For, oh, I gave her all my stories. I did not. I, I gave her all my stories and I learned fun little stories back. What did you learn about? Um, they were just kind of random stories about stuff that happened. Um, some of them were like not even; they were just a single paragraph. Like there was the and and they they all escaped me because they weren't super memorable. Yeah, I did like Mort's story best. Um, did you hear that one? No, I did not. Mort's story was: there's an old man sitting on a on a road, and an old woman comes by and says, "What's your third wish?" And and uh, and he says, well, well, what do you what do you mean? I haven't had a first wish and I haven't had a second wish. And she said, well, you you initially gave, you know, you you wished your first wish. And then your second wish was to undo the first wish. And that undid your memory of the first wish. So but I've you still I still owe you a wish. And then he thinks about it and he says, well, I want to know who, you know, who I really am. And she kind of laughs and says, yeah, that was the first wish. Oh, God. And that's the end of the story. 
<laughs> That's the best story I heard. That is really good. Um, yeah, so I gave her the one that was about the Nameless King, which is a good story. You know, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a solid story. So she gives me uh, a story about Ravel and mm-hmm. kind of like Ravel's backstory. Um, she tells me that Ravel is one of the hags, a night hag from the Grey Wastes, the Grey, the the Blood War, referencing back to earlier. The Blood War takes place in the first level of the Nine Hells, the entrance of the Abyss, and in the place in between those two things, which is the Grey Waste, which is like mm-hmm. this infinite, you know, plane of nothing. It's neutral, neutral evil. Yeah, and so sometimes if the devils are winning, then the mouth of the abyss is being encroached upon, and the 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 or yeah, if the devils are winning, then the demons are pushed back. And sometimes Bator is being assaulted by uh, the demons, but uh, but no matter what, the people in the gray wastes are are getting wrecked because they're either mm-hmm. being occupied or they they're where they live is actively being fought over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ravel is a night hag who has uh, like a you know, I guess a clan of um, of of night hags who live there. She's the most beautiful of the night hags that, that we're told. She's also like the smartest of the night hags. Mm. And there's this kind of additional layer of implied information there, which is like Ravel is the greatest greatest survivor in the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. She she's smart enough to avoid both giant uh fiendish armies she can survive within that environment like this is the ultimate darwinist you know kind of nightmare monster she knows what is up um and so then eventually and we know this already from a couple different people in the game but ravel eventually comes to um sigil and she tries to solve Sigil. She tries to open the cage. She tries to solve mm-hmm. the City of Doors. And we'll talk about, toward the end of this episode, what that was all about. But somewhere in between those two things or around those two things, um, the Ravel did... It is unclear at this point, I guess I should say. It is unclear what Ravel did for the Nameless One around that situation. And at this point, yeah. At, that, at this point. And that's kind of what... Um, the story is all about Ravel. It's like there we know a lot about Ravel when she came to Sigil. We know what happened to her after that because she was amazed, and we know what she was doing right before she came to Sigil. But there's like a but little. The question gap. is, what is our interaction with yes. Ravel before she was mazed? Exactly. Um. So yeah. So so there are several different quests that that happen here as well that are that are pretty cool. There is one with between Dolora. Who, who works uh, in the brothel. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of Modrons. We talked last episode about Modrons. They're just are... observing Delora. Yeah. Yeah. They're just some like big, big cubes with arms mm-hmm. and legs. And they, they'll talk to you and they're like, hey, we're here to observe Delora. And I was like, well, why are you doing that? And they're like, we don't know. That's not our job to know. Yeah. <laughs> our immediate superior assigned us with that. So, you know, here we are. Here we are. Um, and they're they're computers. They talk like computers. They yeah, talk they're like robot robots. Yeah, they're absolutely uh, big space robots. And uh, so I talked to Delora, and she kind of gives me this story about how she would really like to kind of change her life up. But the problem is she can't get over the fact that this person named Merriman has the keys to her heart. Which when I when she first says that, I think that it is a metaphor. But when I go talk to Merriman, it is. 
literal. It is not a metaphor. He says, <laughs> yes, I have the keys to Dolores' heart. And then he, like, pats his, his <laughs> uh, chest pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, literally, he has it. So what did you do here? So I find out that Dolora is a is a construct and Merriman says like well I'm not going to just give it to you cuz I'm I'm an asshole and I want something done like I I want you to do and then the second he said I want you to do I just pickpocketed him. <laughs> yeah, I also similarly pickpocketed him. Um mm-hmm. and stole the keys off. I actually killed him the first time cuz it just seemed mm-hmm. very unfair, right? Like so you you can ask him why you know what's up with the whole scenario and he says Dolora is a construct like you just said he created Dolora and he and then we're like well why does she work in the brothel and he's like well I wanted to see if she could like emotionally transcend her her be you know being as a construct I guess mm-hmm. and I guess part of the way of doing that is like having conversations and and learning things and doing all that and one could see how um uh, the brothel of slated intellectual lusts might might do that, but mm-hmm. Dolora believes that's not possible for her. She believes that like she is programmed in such a way that the keys to her heart are constrained in such a way that she actually can't transcend her programming, for lack of a better word. Um, and so I was like, yeah, given all the information, Merriman, you suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you are bad. And so I killed him, and then I started getting attacked by Harmonium guards. Yeah, you can't. It, there are several instances where you can threaten people in the Civic Fest Hall, and they say it's really not a good idea for you to do that because this is a this is a nonviolent place. This is a game where like a lot of violence, a lot of instances of violence has consequences. They, they do have consequences, and I like the idea that in. Well, I mean, I don't like the idea in the abstract. I like the way that the game handles violence in extremely poor places versus violence here. Like, you can slay people in the streets in the hive all you want, and no one will ever care. Like, Mm. even a little bit. But you come to the clerk's ward, and if you kill someone in the privacy of a hallway where no one else can see it, the cops show up and they know what's up. Um, I think there's some... uh, Clearly someone thought about that when they were making this game, about communicating the shape of this world and this environment along kind of class lines. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's really well done. Frustrating, but well done. So anyway, I get the keys. I take them to her and uh, she unlocks her heart. And, uh, and after you do that, you also unlock some questions you can ask or like information that she'll give you about echo. Because I asked when I asked previously, the tail seeker, hey, who knows about uh, Ravel, the tail, somebody at some point mentions, hey, I think that the the silent one here, uh, the you know, she doesn't talk, but I think she knows something about uh, about Ravel. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can ask Delora about it. So that's why we were talking to Delora. We go to talk to Echo. Echo, in fact, has no voice. Um, so we have to, we, we have to find a way to get Echo to talk. Yeah, um, Echo is also works in the brothel. She, the story that the the tale seeker uh, gives us is that mm-hmm. Echo, um, she, gosh, her she, voice was stolen by a suitor, I believe. Yeah, that's why I couldn't remember w- which direction. Yeah, so a suitor took a, someone in a love triangle scenario, I believe, is, is yeah. the way it's phrased. Someone took her voice and put it in a vial. And through it, basically, I wasn't familiar with this creature, but it's like the Tarrasque 
I mean, it's yeah, like this to, giant... into an unkillable thing. Yes, and threw it into its maw. So like her voice is gone, gone, way gone. So you got to figure out how to solve that problem. How'd you solve that problem? I went to, I went to the uh, ye old curiosity shop and just paid ho- cold hard cash <laughs> to get out of this quest. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it was pretty cheap. It was like a hundred. It's like a hundred coppers to yeah. get. Um, a fiend's tongue, mm-hmm. and which this is, says in the description, "Hey, can give speech to something that doesn't otherwise have speech." Yep, can give a voice to something. A yeah. voice, yeah. So I gave Echo that, and it works. She can talk, but all she can do is infernal curses. <laughs> yes, she she just talks about like slaying and flaying mortals and murder and killing and just all sorts of evil things and like the the visual the description that we're giving here is like she's saying all these awful things and she's like trying to cover up her mouth and she's very surprised that that's what she's saying so it gives the fiend's tongue gives everything a voice it just gives everything a voice of a of a fiend um which i like i think that's some really great like kind of questy design stuff Mm -hmm. so how do you fix it Gotta go back to the curiosity shop, <laughs> buy some diva's tears to purify her voice. They purify the tongue. So mm-hmm. now the tongue is all fixed. And um, she then tells you that, coincidentally enough, <laughs> one of the sisters, one of the students here at the brothel is dum-dum-dum, the daughter of Ravel. Is is Whoa. that is that what Echo tells you? That must be what yeah. Echo tells you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Echo tells you that. So Kesai Saris is which Ravel's you child. could which you could previously talk to Kesai and you can ask everybody about Ravel and before you know this from Echo, Kesai gets really angry about it mm-hmm. and like and clams up, but you can't mm-hmm. get anywhere. After this with Echo, she also uh like she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're even saying this," and also clams up again. Um, and it's at that point that I talk to somebody else, and I find out that her half sister works here. Yeah, so you can talk to Juliet, who also works there. And Juliet, like, I'm just gonna gloss this quest. You have to do a little quest for Juliet where she wants her courtship to be more exciting. She wants she wants drama in her life. She does. She wants more drama in her life cuz all of her other friends have a lot of drama in their life. And so she says she asks if you'll like uh, make her her fiance jealous. And so I say, "Okay, I'll go make some fake love letters." So I went to the lower ward. I went and um, uh, had them print up some love letters for me, like, you know, sign their name on it and all that stuff. And I gave it to Montague, and Montague said, "Okay, yeah, uh, tell her that I'm leaving her." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I go tell Juliet that, and she's very sad. But then she gives me the uh, information that kicks Medi Adderton, who also works in the brothel, is Kessiseris's half sister, and that oh, they share a father. Oh, that's interesting. Because Montague, instead of writing the letter, I just go to Montague and be like, "I love Juliet. <laughs> I love Juliet. You need to leave her alone." <laughs> And Montague's like, man, you you must love her a lot if you're just coming here and telling me that. And I'm like, you're right, I do. <laughs> and Montague's like, well, well, shit, I guess I think you might love her more than I do. And I'm like, whoa, 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 dude. This is this was just a test. And he's like, oh my gosh, she loves me so much that she would want to test <laughs> my love for her. And I was like, yeah, we were trying. She wants to stir up some drama. And he was like, 
well, ma'am, what can I do? And I was, and I suggested just ignore her, just like start <laughs> ignoring her. And that's sure to like make her upset. Good God. <laughs> what a, what a side quest. The whole thing top to bottom. It's just a real, real humdinger. But anyway, so you learn all this stuff about half sisters, but, uh, uh, kicks Medai and Kesai share a father. Yes. And, kicks and- Medai, by the way, is awesome because, while everybody else is about, ooh, t- dialogue, conversation, philosophical discussion, Kix is just an insult artist. Yes, yes. And you can actually engage her in like a uh, in a yo mama off, basically. <laughs> yeah. And uh, more will learn new a new litany of curse. His oh. litany of curses can get better. Really? You can you can suggest, hey Mort, you might have something to learn from Kicks, and they like trade barbs, and then oh, Mort learns good. a new a new curse. That that the, Mort's like combat abilities changing based <laughs> based on what he learns verbally is is pretty good. That's a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so these two sisters, half sisters, they share a father. They hate each other, mm-hmm. and so I was like, hey, can you just get her to like ask her dad, ask your dad, who her mother is. And and kicks Medai's like, yeah, I can do that pretty easily. And she just goes and goads her sister into calling their dad. And their dad is a Cambion. So he's like, you know, like a respectable demon. Yeah, so <laughs> a Cambion is like a like a tiefling plus. Yeah, yeah, because they are basically tieflings. Um, well, is a, well, I think is a tiefling like a... Is one a devil and one a demon, or is a Cambion like a more powerful version of a tiefling? I think a Cambion is like a more powerful. I think they are technically devils. Mm-hmm. I believe they are devils. Um, but yeah, a tiefling is just someone who has like uh, parent demonic parentage somewhere along the line. Um, but Kix Mad Eye is explicitly called a tiefling, which is uh, really a Cambion has one parent being a full fiend mm. usually a succubus or incubus but any devil demon could be involved gotcha. yeah um, um so whereas a plain touch tiefling it's less than half so it's it's like uh cambion is the full half gotcha mm-hmm. um but anyway so she does it and did you like overhear her conversation it's, uh, but i only heard one side of it Yes, well, I just love it because so, it's like it's like picking up a phone, basically. Yes, well, yeah, I love it. So she's like, oh, "Let me call my dad," and then she like turns away from you, and you can say like, "Get closer," so you can overhear. And then she's just like pleading with her father, who is like you know a, a demon lord of some sort, and so she's like having to address him very formally, mm-hmm. and she's like asking him all of these questions, and yeah, she turns around, and she's like, "Yeah, my uh, my mother must be Ravel." And I was like, well, can I have some of your blood? Because that would be a piece of Ravel. And she says, okay, you got to find something to put it on. And so I get a handkerchief. Mm -hmm. Give her a handkerchief. She puts a little blood on it. Bim, bam, boom. I have both pieces of the portal slash key to find Ravel. Yeah. Wowie. And then then you can open the portal and use it, and you just immediately get zapped into the maze. Yes. Uh, we go to the worst place in the game. <laughs> this whole thing is bad. Every part of mm-hmm. this is bad. Um, so I think go- this was easier for me for a very specific reason. Why is that? I had Fall from Grace in my party when I went. <sighs> I tried to get Fall from Grace, but I didn't go back and talk to her at the very end. So explain that a little bit. 
Yeah, if you go back and talk to her, um, she's, you know, she's in with the sensei. She wants to experience a lot of different stuff. And I talk to her and, and say, hey, why don't you just join us? Um, and Anna is jealous, by the way. Like, Anna mm-hmm. is definitely like, mm, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Mort is super happy about it because he's a, he's a real horn dog. Fall from Grace says, we'll tell you what. How about you talk to all of the students here, all 10, mm-hmm. and then get back to me? And I say, okay. So I, I, at that point, I've already talked to everybody. So I talk to her and say, hey, I've only, I've only seen nine here. What's up with that? And she says, hmm, what is up with that? And then I say, oh, am I the 10th? And she's like, yeah, that's right. <gasps> and I say, well, look, let me, let me just give you the pitch here. I am an amnesiac immortal that is about to go into a maze to like find this ancient evil to discover my past. You're definitely down with that if you're down with like experiencing everything, right? And she's like, you, you're, it's a pretty good pitch. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You got me. Mm-hmm. Got me. Yeah. So she is yeah. like a full cleric. She's got prayer, bless, all that stuff. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I had a, I have an awful time doing this. <laughs> so so you go in and it's just full of of tree elementals. Mm-hmm. And you got to fight them, and they like two shot me. Because I have no combat skills. And I've mm. never thought about a single weapon so far in this game. And so I just run to the center of the maze. Because I remember doing this the last time I played the game. I run to the center of the maze and I click on Ravel. And then I have a 40-minute conversation. Correct. What? And half what? of that 40-minute conversation is the same question and a weird answer. Yep. So this is, this is the deal with Ravel. I'm not going to talk about... I'm not going to say the things she said in the order she said them. I'm going to give you the timeline of the stuff we find out from this conversation. That sounds good. We went to Ravel for unknown reasons. We do not know the reason why we approached her, but our goal was to escape death or to escape the fate that death would bring. Yeah. Ravel is in love with us. Yes. Ravel is enamored with us, and that is probably the reason why she obliged and she attempted to do this. And so she thought of the idea, oh, I will take your mortality from you. So she does that in a ritual, but the ritual like, is fundamentally, like on one level it's a success, like it works. But basically, she says, in the process, she broke us. There were unintended consequences. Yeah, it was a a failure to some degree. mm -hmm. It was a failure to some degree because of the amnesia after every death. Like, basically, she said, like, human beings are just not strong enough to do this to. Um, And at that point... And and so that's she did it, and I and I keep asking the nameless one keeps asking why did you do like why do you remember why do you remember why and she says look I've been in here a very long time my memory's failing me about the why like why you wanted to do this and you said well you took away the mortality where is it and she's like it's still around like you and that mortality are inextricably linked um, it's not going to end until you end and you're not going to end until it's reincorporated with you. Yes. And I and I say, well, did you keep it? And she said, no. 
And there's a lot of like, she, she, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, she interacts with all the party members and is like, you don't really have free will. You don't have free will, et cetera, et cetera. And when I say, well, where is it? And she says, well, you know, it's, it's outside this plane. It's in another maze. And I say, cool, how do I get out of the maze? And she says, yeah, you just have to, it's really wham, bam, boom. You got to get to the edge and, and just uh, think happy thoughts and you go. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, well, I think, well, why haven't you done that? And she says, I just don't want to anymore. So I get the impression, this might be an aside, that one key aspect of this maze has been like stealing the desire from Revel, mm-hmm. Ravel, to even leave, right? But in any case, when I try to leave, Ravel says, you can't go. Ravel's definitely in love with me. Will not part with me again. Ooh, hold on, let me let, before we before we do this part. Mm-hmm. I have some other additional info that is important. Yeah, we it can, was a big dump. It really oh, is yeah. forty minutes of reading. Yeah, it's a huge amount. Uh, the shadows that pursue us. Yeah, she makes that's it right. pretty explicit that those are like some byproduct of of the ritual of the ritual, and that these are former lives. Every time you die, it creates another shadow, and that's Shadow's number one mission in life is to destroy its parent, i.e. you. Yes. Which is why they can always find you. They can always do stuff to you. Um, something else that I had written down here that is important. Uh, she says she also reasserts that tormented souls are always going to be drawn to you that like whatever you did to strip your humanity off of you that is what brings quests to you basically and suffering and people with problems like you're a magnet which is interesting Mm -hmm. uh she says that a a diva so like an angel yeah has has the mortality well it it had at least had at one point had it the mortality um and she she asks us the question what can change the nature of a man? Mm, Which is that's co- the big question. Mm-hmm. What did you answer? What did you answer? I said, I don't know. Really? Yeah. I said, regret. I said, I don't know, and uh, and it worked out. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Um, but I, I said, sh- I don't know, and she said, are you sure? And I was like, look, that's my answer. I don't know or care what your answer is. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool because most people... Are thinking of, are trying to answer based on what my answer is. Yeah, and it's kind of revealed that that that's why she kills all the other people she has asked the question to. Mm-hmm. Is that they she believes that they are trying to give her the answer that they think they should. Mm-hmm. But the correct answer is what is inside of you. You know what I mean? Like your kind of justification for even thinking of the question. That is the thing. Uh, the other interesting thing that happens too is she explains why she, why, what she did to get mazed. Did you get this information? No. Okay, so this is. Actually- I may have, but it was it, w- it was on in there. Um, so yeah, she was mazed. I know from before how she was mazed because oh no, I didn't ask her questions about herself, so I did not get this information. Um, so she says so. So we know she's mazed for trying to break. Um, sigil sigil um but she says you know sigil is called the cage so what is it a cage for and she says the that sigil 
The problem is that Sigil is a cage for the Lady of Pain. And so Ravel went to Sigil to solve it, to kind of puzzle box it out, to transform it from a cage into something else in order to free the Lady of Pain. And the mm. Lady of Pain did not want to be freed. Mmm. Yeah. And so that's why she got mazed. And so she sees it, you know, and this is kind of this really great moment. You know, I think there are high watermarks in this game for doing interesting narrative things um, in, in this format, this isometric RPG format. But it is, it, it is unclear to us at this point, like, is her interpretation of Sigil legit? Is the Lady of Pain good or bad? Is Ravel's uh, desire to help, did that kind of maybe blind her to the other repercussions? Like the fact that if you unwound Sigil, it would probably kill everyone there? Mm -hmm. Like th there's a, an immense amount of complexity, I think, in Ravel and the way that Ravel is written that is indicative of, of just kind of a disposition of this game toward storytelling in this format. And not in a in a formulaic. Oh, Ravel was the was a good person all along. Exactly, because she she wasn't. <laughs> no, she's no. also murdering and, and quartering people and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so then we get to the end, uh, like you were saying, and Ravel is just not willing to let you go. It's interesting because throughout this, you can truthfully, like in parentheses, true tell Ravel that she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. Yes. Like you can you can role play you are in love with her too. Yes. Um I didn't do that, but I didn't either. Interest. Mm -hmm. I kind of just like role played it straight up, you know. Mhm. Mm Answering and, and asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And though so yeah, she basically says like, "Well, if you want to leave here, you have to kill me or I'll kill you." Mhm. Mm and then you have to fight. You have to do a boss fight. And it's the worst yeah. thing in the world. I died. The thing is, I died three times, but each time I died, it was the nameless one was the only person that took damage. Mm -hmm. So when the nameless one comes back, comes back full health, and the, I, my nameless one's just a fighter with an enchanted battle axe. Mm. So every time I came back in, I just sent everybody directly at Ravel, and I had... Ignis cast spells, and I had uh, Fall from Grace um, cast like prayer, and she was and she was healing, and I also had um, I had Rakon cast some spells too, and I, so I died three times, and eventually, and like each, and the damage you do to Havel, like a Ravel rather, uh, carries over every time you die, so it only took like uh, three deaths to to kill her. Yeah, I have still not finished it. Really? Yeah. I, I got so frustrated last night while playing, I just saved, and I will go back and do it later. Since we were going to stop right after the fight anyway. Sure. Um, Yeah. It just... Uh, So, my entire party died. I only have... Oh, this is the problem. So, every, your entire party dies. You only have three Rays dead, right? Yes. I only have Anna, Dakon, and Mort. So, they are dead... And Ravel, like, four shots me. So I've killed all the summons that she brought, but but I can't hit her, basically. I'm, I'm hitting her probably one in ten shots. And Ooh. so the only way for me to finish this... this Is just coming back as yeah. Nameless One over and over again, yeah. hoping you get lucky, and you don't have... See, I bought an Enchanted Battle Axe because... 
I wanted to kill that thing that can only be hit by enchanted stuff. Yeah, right? I have an enchanted. I mean, it's not a battle axe. It is a uh, a dagger, but it's plus two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm a thief. I'm not a fighter. So. Yeah, and I've got Ignis and Fall from Grace, and you do not. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's just a, like a real struggle right now. I'll get through it. I did turn the difficulty all the way down, though, like we talked about uh, at the story end of the last mode. one. Yeah, I'm just in mm-hmm. story mode at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AI is so bad. Like, mm-hmm. I I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't with it. Mm-hmm. it especially even after, like, I didn't think Pillars of Eternity 2... I had some problems with the combat in that game, just in general, like philosophical issues. But it's very difficult yeah. to play that, like the most brand spanking new kind of uh, most perfect way of doing this kind of combat as, as far as we have so far. And then going back to this, which is just like sometimes they just won't attack. It's yeah. Basic things. Anyway. No, you've got to be really you've got to be really fiddly. Uh, with respect to like giving everybody individual commands, you can't depend on the AI at all. Yeah. So what I'm doing is, uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, zoning back in. I'm hiding in the shadows and I'm backstabbing her. <laughs> mm, just one backstab at a time. Yeah. I think I'll probably just load my save I made before I got in the teleporter and I'll go get um, Fall from Grace because I did most of her quest thing and I just didn't finish it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll do that and then that'll probably make it a little bit easier for me. But cool. Yeah. No, I mean, geez Louise, what a lot of content. A lot of stuff. We covered a lot. We probably covered as much ground in this episode as we've covered in the past, like, three episodes. <laughs> but it's, it, it was one tiny area. Updated my journal. You know? Mm-hmm. That's true. It was one. It was just one area. and One it, little it, zone. It was, it was really packed. We just had to do a lot to get through. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, Kunzelman kills this rabble. I will. I will kill her. I'm, I'm not worried okay. about it. But just just uh, time commitment. All right, y'all. Um, uh, extra special long episode for you. We'll be back again in two weeks. Uh, you, you could uh, you can hear this on iTunes right now. Uh, and you can also hear it on the Google Play Store. Um, and anything that pulls their uh, podcast subscriptions from those. So if you're watching on YouTube and you'd rather hear it through a podcast subscription service, you can... Uh, Go check out either of those things. Uh, yeah, at this point, if you Google Mages and Murder Dads, there's just a billion results. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's Google Play, iTunes. Yeah, it's a, you'll Good. find your your medium of choice if Good. you do that. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, rangetouch.com um, for more information. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you'd rather watch it on YouTube with all kinds of video content, youtube.com slash rangetouch. We've been streaming a whole lot more. Um, Twitch.tv slash rangetouch. Um, and then our Patreon is down in the description below. You can click on that link in order to uh, listen to, if you give us $5 a month, you can get an extra special podcast. And uh, if you give us a dollar a month, you can get our newsletter. This month, that is like an, a 45-minute discussion of the 10-hour Dark Souls stream uh, charity mm. marathon that we did. Uh, a, couple a lot of time. Ago. A lot of time. A lot of, a lot, we got mm-hmm. a lot of content for you in a general sense. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, Twitter.com or at Range Touch on Twitter. Um, and you can find us both through that. Yes. Our Discord. Awesome, as everybody. Well. Yeah. Okay. I think Join that's us it. again next time. I think that's it. Ciao. Bye.